live from Studio 67 in Florida's Capital County. It's time to be fackish. Access granted. What's up, good people? I'm back. I'm sorry for missing last week. This is Davin Suggs, Director of Public Policy. And I brought back with me my special co-host, Eric Poole. Say hello to the people. Hello, people. Davin, thank you for having me back. I felt like I let you down, and I was not allowed to be on last week's podcast. And no, grace and mercy. You get another shot. I love grace and mercy. All thank right. you. Thank you. All right, let's see who else is here. Let's talk to the team. Jeff. Hey, Jeff Scala, handle water policy, energy, environment, and agriculture issues. My email is jscala at flcounties.com. Eddie. All right, Eddie Labrador here. I cover community and urban affairs, transportation, legal, preemptions, and other things that'll make this too long. My email is elabrador at flcounties.com. Good to have you, Eddie. You know, sometimes I call you Labrador. Sometimes if you say it too fast, it's Edie Labrador. That's too much. Yeah. Sarah, <laughs> how you doing? Good. Hello again. It's Sarah Henley. I am Facts Policy Analyst covering all areas. And if you ever need me for anything, you can reach me at shenley at flcounties.com. Man, that was smooth. Big B... Little O, little B. Spells Bob. What you got, Bob? I'm Bob McKee. I handle the finance and tax and appropriations issues for association. Sort of all things with a dollar sign. You can reach me at bmckee at flcounties.com. All right. Tiffany Henderson, or Tiff. Can the people call you Tiff? People can call me, well, Tiff is fine. All right. Hey everybody, I am Tiffany Henderson. I am the voice associated with T. Henderson at flcounties.com and I handle federal, I work closely with NACO, rural issues, and very special projects. All right, and last but not least, Ms. Graham, we missed you last week. Welcome back. Greetings everybody, I miss y'all too. I am Tonette Graham, your go-to girl for all things health, safety, and justice, and COVID. If you ever need anything, hit me up at tgram at fl-counties.com. All right. Good to have you. All right, Eric, I'm excited. Since the last time you were here, yep, we've added a couple of new segments. I see that. First one is a rundown. This is where the lobbyists are going to run down really quickly what happened this week. And, you know, I'm going to start with, hey, Jeff. It's about to go down. This week was a pretty slow week in environment and water. Not many much going on in committee, but there were bills filed. Uh, some bills getting companions, like the PFOS bill, Senate Bill 1054, was filed by Senator Broxson. Um, the PACE bill, a property assessed clean energy programs, was filed this week by Senator Anna Maria Rodriguez. That's Senate Bill 1208. Um, more preemptions uh, in the energy world. Uh, Senate Bill 1128, the preemption on restriction of utility services was filed. Um, and a companion bill to, uh, to Senate Bill 856, the preemption on energy infrastructure was filed by Representative Fabricio. That is HB 839. Um, other companion bills in electric vehicles, we have a companion, uh, House Bill 817 by Representative Toledo, 
and House Bill 819 by uh, Representative Lerner. Um, another bill we're tracking at Sanitary Sewer Lateral Inspection Program, House Bill 773 and Senate Bill 1058 was filed. That's it for me, Dan. Jeff, that was awesome. A lot of bills. Yeah. We're tracking. Slow clap. If I had a slow clap sound effect, Eric, can you just... A little bit faster. Oh, you said slow. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. All right, you know what? I think Bob should go next. Hey, Bob. It's about to go down. Thank you, Davin. This was also not a big week in finance tax appropriations. Of course, the big thing in the week happened on Sunday when the Bucks won the Super Bowl, became the world champions. But... uh, no, totally unrelated to that, there weren't the any committee meetings on Monday, or really till partway through on Tuesday. Um, the uh, Most of the meetings on the appropriation side were continuation presentations, uh, more targeted specific subcommittee level of the governor's budget recommendations. Um, no real action from those committees yet. Um, the big thing in the finance and tax area that's taking place this week is on Friday morning when the Revenue Estimating Conference meets again. Uh, last Friday, they heard um, presentations for impacts analyses on uh, Senate Bill 50 and House Bill 15, dealing with marketplace sales and remote sellers, dealing with the e-fairness issue. They got very close to adopting a number last Friday, but the principals of the Revenue Estimating Conference decided to ruminate on it for a week and uh, should come back and adopt uh, an impact on Friday. Uh, My understanding is that uh, after COVID, the expectation is that those numbers will be higher, not insignificantly higher than what the forecast was last year. They're also hearing a couple of Lauren bills dealing, Senate Bill 132, dealing with the rental of homestead property. Uh, Senate Bill 674 and House Bill 563, creating a tax exemption for affordable housing at the local level, very broadly written at this point, and Senate Bill 516 dealing with taxation of property used for agricultural purposes. Um, We'll have some idea of, they're all Avalorn bills reducing the tax base. We'll have some idea how much after Friday morning's meeting. Wow. Did you hear how he timed the ending of his rundown with the ending of the music? Bob's a pro. He's a pro, man. Eddie, this is a lot of pressure on you. But you don't have to go to the end of the music, Eddie. I was a little long-winded. You see how Jeff ended early? I just stopped the music. So, hey, Eddie, guess what's about to happen? You know what's about to happen? Uh-oh. What's about to happen? It's about <laughs> to go down. <laughs> All right. This week, in the world of community and urban affairs, not much was going on. There were really no meetings, no presentations. However, in uh, reg reform, we had uh, two bills that uh, BAC has been following. Uh, First of all, House Bill 55, dealing with building design, um, uh, relating to building and design. uh, And that bill passed uh, 12 to 6 after it was uh, after a delete everything amendment was was adopted. Um, also in that committee, uh, vacation rentals, House Bill 219 was uh, favorably considered. It passed 10 to seven amidst a lot of questions about uh, whether or not it was really needed. But 
Just so that you know, socialism has reached local government, according to the sponsor of the bill. Uh, and then the last thing I want to mention is that in the Senate uh, Transportation, Tourism and Economic Development Subcommittee, uh, they heard a presentation from Stacy Miller, uh, Assistant Secretary uh, for the Department of Transportation about the $2.9 billion projected revenue loss for um, the period of 2021 through 2026 and how that impacts current program, uh, current projects. Hey. Yes. That was awesome. That was pretty good. Uh, it wasn't that great, <laughs> but, but okay. I'll hey, take it. We'll take it. It was within a lot of time. All right. All right. Tonette, you missed last week. This is your first opportunity to run it down. All right. You know, have you heard that rumor, though? There's a rumor out there. You know what the rumor is? No, but it's I'm sure you're about to tell me. For COVID, Senate Bill 74 was up. That was Brandis's uh, bill to protect your hospitals and healthcare providers. So be careful when you go. You can't sue them. You will not be able to get a check or call John Morgan. That bill passed six to four. And HB9 was heard this week, and that passed unanimously 17 to zero. Yep. That's pretty much it for me. I'll see y'all next week. That was great. <laughs> This was right to the point. Two bills were heard, and we ran both of those bills down. All right, Eric. You've been gone a long time. I'm just watching Tonette's expression. <laughs> All right, we got another fantastic segment. Uh, yes. All right, this segment. This is one big thing. The one big thing. Everybody's got something. This one big thing happened this week. But you know what? I'm going to start with you, pool man. One big thing. But no. Can it be anything? It can be anything. One big thing. But you need the proper introduction. All I right? need it. Well, I want my own. Eric. Yes. The people want to hear. One big thing. Devin, so thanks. Because I'm kind of like the sideline reporter. I'm not fully engaged with the public policy process. But as a part of my job to make sure that commissioners are up to date and trained on all things affecting them, which come from the Capitol. It's very important for me to, to work closely with, with your team. Um, with respect to just the one big thing, well, the one big thing coming out of ICG is we will be launching our Capitol Conversations with members of the legislature. That's a podcast that we begin tomorrow with Representative Stevenson and Representative uh, Hawkins. And uh, it'll give us an opportunity to talk to them, find out what the priorities are, and uh, get them to understand what our goals are. That's a big thing. You're going live. Nope. No, it's not going to be live. We're going to record it. You're going to record it. Right here. Studio 67. What's the number of our studio? What's the name of the studio? 67. Who came up with the name? I did one day walking the dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, John. That was good. People like your one big thing. That's all I got, man. Yeah. You know, I haven't heard from in a long time. I bet Sarah has one big thing. Sarah. Hold on. Let me, let me press the button, Sarah. One big. All right, Sarah, let's go for it. 
All right, there's a lot to unpack here this week. So we're back again, highlighting another sector in our community that is affected and will be affected long-term due to the pandemic. So far this year, we've seen a committee presentation from the Florida Clerks of Courts and the Chief Justice. There's a lot going on for them right now, and the courts have had to adapt to COVID times, change a lot of their procedures, bring in a lot of new innovation. They've established all things that we're familiar with, mask enforcements, health screenings, and they've even developed some cool technology. Uh, This summer, I know when I went in to get my driver's license, I used their new system, which is where you go online, you make an appointment, and then they text you when you're ready, which I think is efficient and will work well into the future. And then also another cool thing that they've done is Alachua County also did drive-through window marriage licenses and ceremonies, which is pretty awesome. But again, the clerks have made it clear that their budget has reduced significantly. It reduced by about 13% this summer, and their budget has been on the decline for the past eight years with a $50 million budget decrease. So they're calling for legislation to address these issues that have not only been happening because of pandemic, but have happened before all of this happened. So they're calling for statewide reserves, more payment options. They're looking over to carry over their revenues year to year and an easier way for funding requests outside of their normal revenue streams. But on the other side of this, you have trials that are backing up. So some data really quick is there's an estimated 1.1 million more pending cases by July 1st this summer than there would be otherwise. There's an estimated 170,000 cases not filed from March to November due due to the pandemic. And there's an estimated 145,000 cases brought on by the pandemic, such as evictions, foreclosures, business, contract issues, that kind of thing. And this really all goes to show you that there's a burden on our court systems. Therefore, it's affecting our clerks of the court. And we're going to see a high volume of cases coming through this summer especially with things being virtual and having our judges over Zoom. And again, our lack of funding and lack of staffing on the clerk side. So if you are interested in any of this at all, you can go to flclerks.com at your service to look at their priority legislation for this session. Eric. That's it for me. The people know why we hired Sarah. It's a lot of big numbers. A lot of good data, a lot of good detail. But the key takeaway I got from that is that, Jeff, you can take your fiance to Alachua County and save a bunch of money. Just roll the window down and get married and keep it moving. And, (laughs) man, you can do a lot of stuff. I don't think she'll be okay with a social distance drive-by wedding. (laughs) I can tell you, 34 years ago, you could ride a moped down to the Gainesville County Courthouse and get married within an hour. Since Bob spoke up, Bob, the people really want to hear about one big thing. The one big thing in the finance and tax area is that revenue collections for January continue to be well above estimate. Sales tax collections are over $200 million over the January estimate. Doc stamp additional 110 million over the January estimate. Total GR uh, for revenues collected by the Department of Revenue is expected to be in the neighbor of $235 million general revenue over the estimate. Hey, Bob, 
That's a lot of money too. Thank you. And the people appreciate you. Somebody that's been waiting to share. She's been bugging me all week. She's been working on this all week. Tiffany, the people want to hear one big thing. Everybody, there's a lot happening um, on the Hill, and I mean Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., but let's not talk about what's going on in the Senate. Instead, I'm going to talk about what's happened in the House. This week, the U.S. House Committee on Oversight and Reform released its fiscal year 2021 Reconciliation Act bill, which includes funding for the coronavirus state and local fiscal recovery funds. The purpose of these funds is to recover costs incurred by COVID-19 and its negative impacts. The highly anticipated act includes $350 billion for state, counties, cities, and tribal governments. But let's look at local governments. Local governments will receive $130.2 billion split between counties and municipalities. Of course, the allocations will be based off of population, much as we've seen with the other COVID relief packages. For a total of $65.1 billion in direct federal aid. Counties that are CDBG, that's Community Development Block Grant recipients, will receive a larger share based on its population or calculated share under the CDBG allocation method. The funds will be distributed by the U.S. Department of Treasury, as with the other COVID relief packages, and there is no deadline associated with the fund. So look for more information in fact action alerts and in our legislative bulletin, which will be delivered to your inboxes on Friday. Wow, that's a lot of money. And I think <clears throat> Sarah did a spreadsheet and I looked at it. Eric, if this thing goes through, Florida counties, Florida's going to get over $4 billion directly to his counties. So Tiff needs you to keep your eye on that. Let me and Eric know if we need to hop on a plane and go up there. Absolutely. Do a little lobbying. Absolutely. Eric, are you coming with me? No. It's $4 billion. I'm not going. It's $4 billion. Okay. I'm just... Just asking. Places if, they, if they let us in. Yeah, if they let us in. There's high clearance. Yeah. And the Eric's got clearance, though, That's from his other life. All right. You know what? I always make her go last. I'm going to let her go now. Tonette, the people are interested in one big thing. Okay, let's address my boy Strummy. He's the plug, like I'm the GOAT. I don't know how he pulled this up, but I guess when you, you have the top boss in the state, you do what you want when you pop in. Shane Strum is heading to Broward Health as the CEO. I'm just trying to figure out, congratulations to him, but I'm just trying to figure out how I can work this out. Um, Eddie, you want to rent me a room on the weekends? I can go get a part-time job down there. We're not going to discuss his salary. You can Google it, but I'm just like, that's lit. To go from the capital to run one of the top healthcare systems in the state—that's help me out here. Get me plugged in. Thanks. You know, speaking of that, <clears throat> definitely had the formula. I'm happy for Shane, and it's going to be very interesting for Florida counties who the next chief of staff will be. Uh, there's some rumors. I would not speak those publicly, but. Um, very interesting in terms of our relationship with the plaza and the governor's office, um, uh, depending on who his replacement is. All right, Eric, special co-host. We're down to two. I got Jeff. I got Edie Labrador. I mean, Eddie Labrador. 
Who do you want to hear from? I would go with Edie because he was one of my early mentors when I first came to FAC. I think he's got something big to share, too. Hold on. All right, so we're going to hear from Edie LeBrader. Eddie. One big thing. Well, thanks a lot, Davin, for using uh, the vernacular that uh, Senator Simpson used in one of his community affairs committees uh, a couple years ago to describe me uh, or to call on me. Uh, anyway, the one big thing that I have is vacation rentals. Uh, as I mentioned before, Red Reform Committee took uh, up the bill. Uh, they had a lot of public testimony. Uh, basically, just to remind folks, uh, the vacation rental bill prohibits local governments from uh, regulating vacation rentals, uh, including the duration and frequency of such rentals. It basically preempts that to the state. Uh, it uh, also allows certain regulations, so long as they're uniform across the board uh, and applicable to residential uh, property. Uh, it also preempts advertising uh, platforms uh, for vacation rentals uh, to the state. So we would not be able to regulate either anything having to do with vacation rentals or uh, unless there are those regulations are applied uniformly or uh, advertising platforms that work to uh, ensure vacation rentals are rented out. Now, this bill has been um, talked about in terms of protecting property rights, but it seems to me that we are protecting the party animals as opposed to protecting the neighbors who also have property rights. That's it for me. Eddie, thank you. I mean, what you say is true, and I appreciate your passion. And Eric, thank you for helping the team out. Didn't even realize what I was doing, but uh, yeah. I was happy to help. It's going to be something shiny in your chair. All right. Since, I mean, I think Jeff is a little frustrated you didn't pick him, but he's a rookie. He's new. He's new. But Jeff, people want to hear. One big thing. It's the best for last, and I know Eric's going to like it. The big thing was Tommy and Gronky bringing home the title to Champa Bay. Go Bucks. But up, up in Tallahassee, it might have been in the environment. It was the fog that was just over the Capitol building all week. And for policy, it was in the House State Affairs Committee where they continue to elevate the issue of flooding and resiliency issues. Our friends uh, from in local government, uh, Dr. Jennifer Dorado from Broward County and Randy DeShazo from the Tampa Bay Regional Planning Council came back again to the committee to give an update on what local governments are doing regionally to collaborate on sea level rise, coastal and inland flooding, and, and to deal with these increased storms uh, that are occurring more often and at, with greater severity. Um, the committee members heard a presentation from DEP Secretary Noah Valentine again on sea level rise impact studies. Um, we'll see where all of these uh, presentations lead the House, and hopefully that is more funding for local government. Very well put, Jeff. That was an awesome big thing. All right, you can come back next week. And now, I'm not gonna say it was the best because Eddie's speech was pretty deep. That was Eddie. You almost had a mic drop moment, but I don't have that sound effect yet, so I didn't do it. All right, 
Eric, you know the most highly rated segment on this podcast. You know what it is? Uh, is it the roll call? No. Just listen. Tiffany's shoutouts. Everybody, it's Tiffany again, and yes, I do have a few shout outs. First, to the Florida Association of Counties, our legislative day, which is Wednesday, March 17th, at the Donald L. Tucker Civic Center Arena. Please register. We have two options for your participation. In person, we'd love to see you in Tallahassee. All of the COVID-19 protocols will be in place, such as mask wearing and social distancing, which can be done very comfortably in the arena area. And our second option is for virtual um, attendance. So join us via Zoom, similar to as we did our legislative conference in December. So please, again, registration is open. Please register to attend and we look forward to seeing you in person or on Zoom. The next shout out is for NACO's Legislative Conference. They are going fully virtual this year. Their registration is open. It's March 8th through the 26th. And what they're doing is basically featuring something different each week. March 8th through the 12th, policy steering committee meetings will take place. March 17th through the 19th, they will have governance meetings. March 24th through the 26th, they'll have workshops and seminars, including a virtual field day. Last shout out, Eric actually stole my thunder a little bit and he did much, a much better job than I of the Capital Conversations webcast that we will be launching later this month. Um, as I said, within partnership with Eric and ICG, and we will be starting off with legislators that are former county commissioners. So please stay tuned for that and um, be sure to catch Eric doing what he does very well in interviewing um, Representative Stevenson and Representative Hawkins will be featured on the first few shows. So we'll be providing some more information to you about Capital Conversations. Thanks, Davin. Tiff, that was awesome. We have come to that time where we've got about two minutes left. So it's time to bring it on home. As we always do, I'm going to give you a couple words that what this week meant to you. Might not have been much, but we're at the end of it. So, Jeff, go first, man. Give me a couple words. It was foggy with a warning of super preemptions. Ah, that's pretty good. Eddie, what you got? Hey, tuned. Same fact channel. <laughs> that's pretty good. Some of these kids don't even know what you're referencing right there. I watched Batman. <laughs> yeah. Sarah, you ever watch Batman? Oh, Batman? No. no. Don't lie. Yeah, go ahead. What you got? What words do you have for me? Slow week, but some intense and divided moments. All right. All right. So, Nat, do you have any more references to the plug? I'm just saying, I know what you're talking about. You got a couple words, or do I need to come back? I can go to Bob. Come back. You got any words? Those are my words. I don't have none. All right. <laughs> B.O.B., what you got? To be continued, interimly. <laughs> and Tiffany. I'm on back next week, folks. All right. And Eric. What about you, man? I have one word. One word. What is it? Predictable. Predictable. I think that's what you used the last time you were here. That's all right. All right. Before we get out of here, I just want to let everybody know, give some more advice. You know, pet peeve this time. 
Vacation Reynolds, former Representative Steele, I think his name was, Republican. He gets up on our side, fighting for what we're fighting for. And he proceeds to tell all the Republicans that they're not Republicans and shame them. And guess what? To our members out there, even our Republican members, our Democratic members, that's not a good strategy to shame another politician in public and tell them they're not being a good politician. I know you're angry, I know you're passionate, I know you wanna get your point across, but the point of this game is influence and changing people's minds, changing a no to a yes, a yes to a no, and shaming somebody about their ability to serve their electorate doesn't really work. So just let's not do it. So as always, as, as we go out here, I'd like to share with the people something we really believe in fact, and that is, it is not the critic who counts. It's not the person who points out how the strong person stumbled or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the person that's actually in the arena. And that's all of you guys out there. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week for the last committee week before we start this thing for real in March. Have a good one.